Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the MK Productions podcast. I am your host with the most, Mac. Join here with the ho- the co-host with also the most, Kristen, aka Miss Flamingo. How are you doing today, Kristen? Or night, whatever it is. It's good. It's nighttime here for just about everyone here who's joining us. Mac, I have to tell you something. What's up? Get ready to celebrate. We have 31 days until my wedding. Oh my gosh, get hyped. Play the play the celebratory music. We gonna get down and funky. You're gonna get a video with Mimi and Kristen for the first time because we've known each other for all for essentially three years now and we've never seen each other face space. And uh, this is a perfect opportunity to get this done. Yes, I'm so excited to celebrate though. <laughs> yes, it's the first time we'll be meeting, but we are such good friends. Like I tell you all the time, you're like my brother. So I had to invite you to my wedding. So I just Aww. made perfect sense. So I'm excited to have finally have you. But today we have an an extremely exciting episode because today we are joined by two guests to talk about Academy Award winning actress Jennifer Lawrence. So like I said, we are not alone. First of all, well, coming back to the show is the one and only Hunters, the Cinema Dispatch joining us as well as post credit dean from instagram so we have two great guests so let's enter let's get them talking how's it going hunter hey dean hello hello thank you for having me i'm happy to be back i mean it was a year ago we were talking about don't worry darling and i'm still remember all the stuff about that movie the drama from that movie and the movie that was a year ago dean you're on mute i think so yeah (laughs) Am I? No, he's not. I hear Yeah, him. there's a little. No. I see like a little red sign. Unless there's five. Like computers. No, on his computers. Like, oh, different thing. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, Damn. Okay. Technology. Ugh. Technology. Yes, but yet. Yes. Oh my goodness! Don't worry, darling. And Harry Styles in his acting debut was a year ago. Mm. Not debut. I, I mm. should excuse myself. He Jesus. made his debut oh. in Dunkirk, but his big, big, big role was in Don't Worry, mm-hmm. Darling. So, uh, Hunter, we know your thoughts about Hun- uh, Don't Worry, Darling, but Dean. Oh yeah. Yes or no? Don't worry, darling. Just as a ah, uh, I was on board for a lot of it. I didn't know a lot going in, so I just kind of enjoyed it. That means you and... didn't know the drama going in, or yes? Oh, I didn't know the drama. That was actually <laughs> interesting. Okay, yeah, I didn't. I meant the story. I knew all about the drama. <laughs> the drama was so, more interesting than the movie. It was. I mean, to be fair, really yes. Oh my god, I don't know how much of it was true as well, but that was a fun, yeah, fun production to follow. Like, just it was completely chaotic. Oh my yeah. god! Just think about that. It was a year ago, Hunter. That 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 just amazes me. Oh, but how are you, Jeez. Hunter? How are you doing? You have been traveling around the country and the world with film festivals. Mm-hmm. Between you went to Cannes, you went to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you spill all the juicy gossip and tea and all the movies that you've been watching recently? <laughs> yes, please. And what have you been up to? Like, I am anxious to know about what's been going on in your circuit. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, no, it's been a really fun year so far in terms of just using the love of movies to, you know, everyone, no one ever says they regret not traveling. So I was like, you know what, I better use this for good and travel around. So yeah, I was at Canon back in May and there's, unfortunately, right off the bat, I did not see Kills of the Flower Moon or Indiana Jones there. Unfortunately, you can't see everything. But I saw a lot of great stuff as well, like uh, the Wes Anderson movie I saw there, Asteroid City. I saw The Zone of Interest there, which was incredibly depressing, but depressing for a good reason in terms of good movie. And a couple other uh, not-so-good movies. That's what happens when I watch more stuff. You open yourself up to less good stuff. But yeah. And then I 
thoroughly overdosed myself in Toronto by watching 25 movies or 27 in like six days. There was some really Damn. long days in there. Yes. How did you sleep but, during that time watching all those 27 movies? Well, it was a lot of, um, you watched, you know, four or five movies a day. You start at 8 a.m. Usually is the press screenings at that morning. So you watch then. And then the last movie is usually at 10 at night. You don't get done until midnight. Then I try to write one review and then to get about five hours of sleep and do it all over again. So that is commitment. Just, it is, is it was commitment. Commitment. this this is my true endurance test this year i was like what is the absolute limit i can hit and i would say 25 to 30 is about where i am like i felt good but i think if i went any more i probably would start losing brain cells i think more than i already did I jesus <laughs> jesus okay so what has been your favorite because i know like uh the holdovers uh has been a popular mm. choice from toronto but what was your favorite film that you saw this year at toronto I actually won't be deviating from the pipe opinion. I think the holdovers was my number one film there. Uh, oh. It's really great. I I've really loved it. Actually. I've not seen a lot of Alexander Payne movies. Actually. I think the only one I had seen before this was downsizing. So I guess the bar was really low on that. But, oh my oh. gosh, you have to see Nebraska. Go yes. watch Nebraska. Yes. That movie is so, so good. Mm -hmm. That movie was my first Alexander Payne theater going experience. It was incredible. Ooh. And seeing that in mm -hmm. theater since the film is shot in like black and white, it's mm, let me tell you, that's incredible. Yeah. It so. was it was weird there in Toronto because they had a press screen for it, like I think two days before it premiered there, but they did it in the smallest theater in the Scotiabank theaters. That it's just a normal theater. It's the smallest one. So it was you had to line up at least an hour in advance to get into it, and they were turning people away. So that feels oh, a little extra special to her. It was very strange the how they were doing it. But Toronto's a really well-run festival for how many people are there and how much stuff is going on, so I applaud him for that. But Alexander Payne was one of those directors. I had not seen his movies, but I was like, this guy's been nominated for Best Director three times. That's kind of strange. And then watching The Holdovers, I was like, this makes sense now. This is a guy who really knows his craft and just makes this really sweet and charming movie of just about three characters hanging out over Christmas, basically. And it's, it, it's really well done. And all the, you know, a lot of high concept movies I saw there that I liked. This was the one that just had its sets, sights set straight and it shot a perfect shot, basically. Mm. I love that. That's the oh, one with um, Amadi, right? Correct. Yes. Fun fact yes. about that movie that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was filmed in my home state of Massachusetts. Hell yeah. No it, does, it does take place in Boston for a good portion of it. So that, oh God, that and, movie, in the I'm surrounding sorry. areas. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. I, I got some. Uh, yep, it be in Massachusetts, January twenty twenty two. So all the fun facts out there. Mac is. Uh, mm -hmm. He's had two movies because there's another movie with. Um, uh, Garrett, Garrett Hedlund, oh. the baby. Garrett Hedlund, Yeah, he did a movie here yeah, so. in my hometown oh. in Springfield. Nice. I'm so, from Springfield. Lovely. Yes, I am. So <laughs> if you want to send me uh, anything in the mail, you can. I'll, I'll come visit. I'm, I'm from Boston too. I just moved. <laughs> oh, nice. So, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> There you go. Just here. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, uh, the holdovers is playing at my local film festival. I didn't get tickets to that because I know it's only coming out a week later, so I wasn't gonna. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited to send my local film festival. We'll talk about that later. But let's get into knowing Dean. Dean, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm pretty well. Yeah, I love it. Love talking about movies. Yeah, I know yeah. I saw your uh, recent story. I know you are also changing up your brand a little bit. I am, yeah. Kind of started out with like movie reviews and stuff initially because I kind of wanted to be involved in the industry. 
And then as I, I moved to Toronto to kind of pursue filmmaking. So I was in Boston before this and I'm like, okay, let me try the closest film city that was in Boston. And I guess Toronto showed up. Mm-hmm. I've been here about two years and now I'm starting to enter the industry as like a writer, director. I'm like spending time with people in it. And I'm, it's so intriguing. Like the characters you meet are pretty fun and exciting. And I kind of, once you become, once you put your foot into it, I kind of felt bad about like giving films like bad reviews or trashing on them because I'm like, I kind of saw how hard it is to actually make a movie. And I'm like, okay, this is a lot of work. So I kind of, I wanted to kind of drift away from like critiquing and more like, you know, telling people what I loved about the film, what I noticed about the filmmaking aspects of it, but also what is it like to become a filmmaker? Like, how do you enter that space? What do you need to survive in that space? I'm very introverted as well. So it's kind of like, is that going to hold me back? Is that something I need to fight and work over? I'm not good at like, you know, sucking up to people. I don't know how that works. But yeah, and it's a new city. It's a new entertainment industry entirely. Like Toronto is very vibrant and you can find like all kinds of like art projects and film projects happening here. So that's my goal now. Going into next year, I'm just like, let's see. Let's see how you well, make you a Well, you are in the spot since Toronto and Canada itself is a huge filmmaking yeah, plot i mean they used huge. to film like one of the biggest shows at least on the cw was riverdale it used to be filmed out oh, yeah. in canada yeah. so and a lot of the like lifetime suits films was that here people too. watch yes suits. Yeah. lifetime yeah. movies are shot there our movies are shot there there's so much stuff going on in toronto at least from it's my of the woods i know from at least from what i know um yeah wandering was super fun it was a little this is my second year so last year was just the first year they came out of covid and now this one is where they had the writer strike, so there weren't as many actors. And funny you mentioned Don't Worry Darling. I think I do remember Harry Styles was around here and there was a lot of buzz because he did walk the red carpet for that. And I was Jealous. Like, it's in, it was the crowd that came because of him was incredible. Mm-hmm. And he's a pretty good actor, honestly. I think he has potential. It's like just because he's getting into it. Like I feel like given a couple of years, given a few good directors, he'd work well. But volunteering with TIFF is just a lot of fun. Basically, I go there to see movies. So I'll try to get the ushering detail where I get to just sit in and watch a bunch of movies for free. I saw a lot of animated shorts. I saw the movie about, I don't know, who was it? The Rolling Stones, I think. That was a three-hour documentary. Oh, damn. And then, yeah, that was insane. A lot of people went for that. And then sometimes you get, like, red carpet premieres. I saw, like, Salma Hayek. She looks gorgeous. Like, she's just so effervescent. Because she had a movie, like, a Christmas special playing as well. But the fun part of volunteering is you'll never know where you end up. You just are placed somewhere, but because TIFF is so like vibrant with so many different things happening all the time, you'll just, you know, make a lot of friends, meet a lot of people. I mean, Hunter, I might run into you next year. I don't know if you know Darren. I met him as well, like just for like a couple oh. of minutes. Just, <laughs> I mean, we literally, like... um, we had the same schedule. We had the same Airbnb <sighs> and everything. So we were right there. There we yeah. go. Yep. I kind yes. of met him, I think, just after he saw Pool Man or something. And he gave me, like, oh. the full intense <laughs> wow. detail about one of the... I'm surprised, like, that movie. I'm so excited to see it, but I really want to know <laughs> from the comfort of my own yes. home. But, yeah, it was yeah. kind of like we just had, like, a five-minute overlap. And it was really fun. And I'm going to do what you did next year. I'm going to try to, like, attend a bunch of film festivals. Like, I went for the Montreal one last year. I really liked it. I want to see what Vancouver's about. Ooh, yeah. International, Yeah do the 27 movie six day experience but volunteering <laughs> I, I, really, I recommend for anyone who's interested in film just try volunteering yeah hmm. speaking of darren i thought i did i did 27 movies he did Ooh, 52 yeah. movies in the 10 yeah. days so i that, don't know how he did that, that i don't that, know endurance that was, I running on fumes 
certifiably insane basically <laughs> at that point i thought i was a little crazy but that's mm -hmm. like i was like that's literally five a day plus two six days i think that's what he had two six movie days every day i met like, him after like the 32nd or 33rd movie and he was still going yeah. and he's like i'm gonna try and touch 50 and then i think he did yeah. wow yeah, he did pretty well i remember that mm -hmm. i i left midway not midway through but like with a couple days left and he was still going pretty strong going, at yeah. that point so applaud yeah, shout out darren yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dream for me is, is to go to toronto and new york i have been to like a majority of the film festivals at least i wanted to attend mm -hmm. but those mm -hmm. two are still like on my bucket list for sure so i've been to toronto. i've been to none unfortunately so, okay. Okay. Toronto. i know mm -hmm. i need to um once i get my i'm gonna get a passport and i'm definitely mm -hmm. like i think tiff is definitely if you're a film lover i can agree with would you get you and uh dean and hunter what you guys said is like if you're a film lover like i feel like you have to go to at least one film festival It'll, like make it tiff tiff is like the super bowl for film buffs mm -hmm. yeah and like that you know, or like cans yeah cans like i feel like those two are definitely well where's cans in cans like italy no that's in france uh, france um, like, well that's more expensive i'll stick to tiff yeah. more <laughs> yeah. they don't do, do cans start but, small yeah yeah but maybe yeah. next year maybe next year um i'll me and chris you can do you it. You go dress up for cans, Hunter. Like, do you have to like dress up in a suit and stuff? I always see people so fancy when I see clips uh, and stuff. If, if you go to the evening premieres, yeah, you do. So I did for a couple movies, but then most of them you can wear pretty much this and stuff. So it's nice. it's 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 a really fun thing to just be in a different culture and a whole new kind of environment to watch movies like that. It's part of the fun thing about it. Amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, so we're gonna jump into. Uh, a recent update that has been going on uh and that is an update on the writer's strike which has officially concluded which is great for many film fans uh the screen actors guild strike is still going but uh that doesn't mean there's the studios are meeting with the guild to come up with some kind of deal but for now i'm just going to point out from an article from the AB from CBS Los Angeles, as they announced that the uh, Writers Guild uh, had ended its strike. So uh, right now, it says that a three-year deal outlines a twelve point five percent pay increase, starting wow. starting with a five percent upon a contract's ratification for the following two years. All writers will receive a 4% and a 3.5% increase of the respective years. And then they go on to say before the 148-day strike, the WGA asked the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers for 16% raised over the three years. In addition to the raises, writers secured a 76% increase for foreign streaming res residuals. According to the WGA, this increase will their residuals from netflix from let's say about eighteen thousand to thirty two thousand for a single or hour-long episode writers yeah. will also receive a viewership based on bon streaming bonuses and that's between nine thousand and forty thousand dollars depending upon the length of the show for a streaming picture that has a budget of over 30 million dollars so notice how they didn't mention no. anything about uh, no AI. So I'm assuming that was going to ask, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that seems still on the table. I think mm. from what I understand, and anybody can go ahead in the comments or message me if I'm wrong, but there is a component to AI. But from what I re do remember for a writing team, I don't remember to some capacity, but there needs to at least 
have a showrunner mm-hmm. and three writers in the room with that that writer and like i said somebody can go ahead and correct me if i'm wrong and the sh- the writer can have the showrunner at least can have three to five people with them mm-hmm. of a total I- this is from what I remember. I can't recall. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find an article that had like specific points on it, but this is like, you know, this is something I tentatively In found. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, goes overall some of it, but it does bring a huge increase and at least it makes a lot of the writers happy and they really strived for what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So, uh, didn't back thing- down. No. Yeah, they did not back down. And the good thing is shows like, you know, Saturday Night Live are returning. So yeah. if you watch, you know, <laughs> it's not that great nowadays, but that means, you know, Pete Davidson is finally going to have his hosting gig and he will get to host, Ooh. you know, this upcoming weekend on yeah. SNL. So, yeah. you know, you know, SNL was one of those shows, at least, you know, they went on strike because of the writing, because a lot of the actors that are on it are writers. Mm-hmm. So they can mm-hmm. still go on and perform and have the writing. They, they're they under a different, uh, from what I, I, someone also can go ahead and correct me if I'm, but they are under a different agreement with uh, SAG. So mm-hmm. uh, they are allowed to go back and continue to go to work. That's the so. that's thing with like this whole thing that it started with like the studios wanting to do AI is like, the people not realize like for to be a writing because like you know i still write my reviews like i use the ai mm-hmm. for like the voiceover but the words are mm-hmm. for me because i feel like when you type something up you have to put like your emotion into it you're feeling every yep. word you type and like i mean a good example of this um um any gamers out here is that uh that game Gollum that bombed horribly earlier in the year uh it was later um a couple days ago of this recording the development team said that apparently they use chat gpt to help with some of the story and that makes a lot of sense mm. because that story was the most nonsensical oh, God. dumbass thing i've ever read <laughs> or played in my life and then it's like that, that's the thing it's just like the using the and that that can go the same thing with the actors because we don't know the actors they're probably going to be on strike for a little bit longer because they do have enough capital to hold out a little bit more so i don't think that's mm-hmm. a problem but like the thing with actors the whole um using like cgi and ai stuff like that's like that's just a whole other thing too, because like I was listening to the video today, and they were going over the Flash, and they mentioned like you know George Reeves's cameo, and like you know how it was really weird to Ooh. bring back someone back from the dead and everything. I'm like, yeah, that's true because if I remember correctly, the first time I remember me being aware of like doing something like that is when I saw Rogue One, and they did that for um uh Ooh. Peter uh, no um eh, who played um Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh my gosh. What's his name? Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Whoops, I always said Peter Cullen. He's still alive, thank God. Um, yeah, he's still alive. I, I just thought, like, that's weird. So, I'm like, unless you're... Because no one... There's no, like, relatives of George Reeves alive that can be like, hey, don't use our, you know, great-great-dad's likeness in here. Like, you know, mm. Peter Cushing, his family said okay, but they were a little uncomfortable with it. And, like... I think even they're trying to do it with Robin Williams and his daughter's like, no, that's creepy. Don't do it. Like, it's just, there, yeah. there needs to be a limit to this. I yeah. think the first time I noticed it, I think it was like in the Fast and Furious one when Paul Walker, like towards the end, I think they had to figure out how to like reconstruct him digitally using his brother and stuff. But then yeah, uh, he was already dead, but they had to like finish it with him. And I oh, think God. they got that. And yeah, and kind of, they did pull it off. They did a good job, but it was very respectful as well, which I kind of like. 
That scares me. That kind of sounds mm-hmm. like what they might do for the new Fast and Furious if they're really talking about bringing him back. Just make a full oh, yeah, guy, Paul Walker. That scares the shit out of me. He is coming back. So oh, it's going to be very weird. Oh, no. He's always going to be coming back. But I will say with AI, it's scary now because we don't know what the future is like for it. Mm-hmm. But all we know is, from what I understand, it's going to get better and better. I think mm-hmm. we all as like individuals need to learn how to figure out how to use it and i'm only saying that because i've learned a lot through my personal job lately and just doing some things with ai and i'm like oh this is making my job a little easier mm-hmm. yeah so it's not taking away at least from what i'm doing it's just trying to help in certain ways but uh hopefully there's you know people like at the uh motion television you know entertainment whatever the guild mm-hmm. the industry of what that, that long title that's called mm-hmm. they learn you they know the, you know the ideas of ai and what you know mm-hmm. they can do at least so we can have still have writer jobs and acting jobs because i think it's the bigger one that's having the issue is definitely the actors at this point and yeah. knowing that they can replace because i was explaining to you know to my parents a couple times you know we were watching reptile over the weekend and um you know we were talking about the idea of like you know oh with this ai i was like you know he my dad is like oh how is this going to affect you know performances and i was explaining well i was like well it can affect someone like justin timberlake starring in it if netflix wanted his appearance mm-hmm. all they have to do justin has timberlake can come in for like a day they can scan him and then just put him in a movie you know, yep. doesn't Justin Timberlake doesn't show up for a day. You know, he doesn't get the paid full amount or doesn't get the full, you know, actor's experience. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, it's like they're they're trying to figure it out, and I get it. You know, because we live in this postmodern day and age. Sorry, my dog is trying to make an appearance, <laughs> but um, I mean, it's been a frustrating time for everybody involved at this point. Uh, besides, the, no sympathies for the corporations, of course, for not paying their people what they're mm-hmm. accordingly uh, worth. So, mm-hmm. but I, I, it, it's, it's a good breakthrough at least in this terms. It makes it, um, at least hopefully this can be used as a template for because these contracts are only three years long. So you can already see, three years from now, <laughs> how, it, how much of a wild west AI is right now. There's no way to predict what it'll be like in three years. So I'm hoping they can use this uh, agreement as a template for that, or they can try to avert, you know, another strike three years from now to make it so this isn't a recurring uh, thing that right. happens all the time. Because nobody wants this, obviously, especially not the writers or people that enjoy what the writers do, like us. Yeah, I mean, no one has to repeat a strike. You know, it's just you know, the streamers following up and saying, cool. okay, you know. We'll still agree to these terms. Maybe we'll do some mm-hmm. updates that make people happy, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, because then they lose out on jobs and streaming mm-hmm. times like this. Because I noticed, you know, if you weren't like a uh, Amazon, or Hulu or Netflix, you really didn't have a great summer of releasing new newer content, I realized. Yeah. You know, I mean, how much content were released a summer that wasn't like of the three major streaming platforms, mm-hmm. you know? Like Paramount didn't even release a single thing. I can't even, mm. from what I recall, you know? I think I'm pretty glad that it happened because, you know, it got the writers and the actors like good idea of like how much the big corporations screw you because a lot of these people signing into these contracts don't really know what they're, getting in for and then a lot of this stuff was revealed of like how the you know fine print is and what they're actually taking away i think like 
where it really won me over was when uh, I think it was A24 and Blumhouse, or maybe it was just A24, that they agreed to everything. Like mm-hmm. one of the smallest studios kind of just like said, yes, we'll do it. And that kind of really put perspective like, okay, these studios, these indie studios can actually accept all the conditions. So what's stopping the big guys from doing it? And I think yeah. that was a really good step. And I'm really rooting for A24 now because that has become like the studio to follow because in, they're bringing indie movies back. And I really am so happy. Them and Blumhouse, like these two, I'm just, I love following that trajectory. And mm. what I'm looking for in this three-year contract, what I really hope the corporation, the whoever's controlling, I hope they realize that they can't replace the human element of this. Like, like you're saying, Kristen, like you're using AI, but it's it's not going to replace you. You still need to be there, but all the stuff that's admin-based can be done. Like you can do your stuff a little bit quicker, but even just using AI for what I do, it's kind of, it still needs a lot of guidance right now. And that's where that's where we'll come in. That's where the creatives come in. You can't like it can't generate art at this stage. I feel. Yeah, you can't replace hmm. the human brain creativity with AI. Even yeah, that's like life experience can... that's coming out, right? So AI will yeah. not have that, which is just. Yeah. So I'm curious. I'm going to keep following it. Let's see. Yeah, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, yeah everybody is Mac. Uh, quickly will... moving you into your thoughts before we talk about what else everybody's been watching. Yeah, no, I I agree with what Dean said. Like it is kind of it's I would it's both like very good and damning to see that the little studios like 824 Blumhouse, which you know their quality's being varied but i do agree that they do have a good mindset of like hey we're gonna give these like little guys a shot and like you know the big corporations like well we want money so we're not gonna pay them as much everything but you know i i definitely think it is something where they can use this deal as a template so because in my perspective me being 23 i've only been that i remember two strikes the 2008 one and then this one and Mm -hmm. i don't i think this one may be the most damning because the other Mm -hmm. one was a bit bigger like it had a little bit more ripple effects but this one is probably like the most like now that i'm aware of it it does feel like the most impactful because i've yes. never i had never seen both the actors guild and the writers guild going on strike at the same time and then seeing the ripple effects with like you know animators maybe going on strike the video game going on strike mm-hmm. automotive industry going on strike like it's causing a ripple effect and it's definitely a good thing it for is. change so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens in a few years so hopefully this can lead to maybe just calmer tensions and you know just make creativity flow i will restore the working man to his rightful glory i will dismantle this oppressive establishment board by board i will saw the tables of tyranny in half no at the ankles of big business squidward will be so proud but moving on to let's talk about moving on from toronto and seeing what these guys watched at Toronto. Hunter, Dean, tell us about what you've been watching and what has been your favorite film so far this year. Give us the details. Uh, let's start well, with Dean. Okay. Hunter, you started out first. So, uh, Dean, yeah. give us oh, your thoughts yeah. on what you've been watching. What I've been watching most recently, I'm, I'm trying to catch up. I don't know if y'all watched this anime called Bleach. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you're go. an anime fan, right? I would. I, I'm, in, I'm getting into it now. And I think One Piece really got me into it because nice. I saw the live action. Oh, that One Piece yes. live action was yeah. so good. Oh, my God. I'm my reading cultured, the manga now because I'm like, damn. My cultured brother, welcome to the show. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I am very. I mean, that's a that's a well done adaptation because they did it so well that I'm so curious now to get into this and see this whole world. Mm-hmm. And I'm still in it. I'm still like the tear. The finale had me in tears. I'm like, oh, this is such good storytelling. So that's something I watched. Bleach. I think the latest season is coming in, and the animation is amazing. Oh my so god! I'm yeah. Enjoying that. And I also saw 
what did I watch recently? Oh, I guess best movie of the year, right? It's gonna be yeah. tough because across the Spider Verse, which is up there, mm. so. uh, mm. Guardians of the Galaxy is also up there. As you can tell, like I, I watch a lot of comic book films, so these two are like really up. And there's one I'm missing that isn't connected to superhero stuff, but kind of just wowed me. Uh, I don't know which one it was. Let me see if it'll come to me. Barbie. Barbie. Yeah, is, yeah. Barbie and Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. I kind of like them both. Nah, but mm. Oppenheimer is like a one and done for me. I don't know if I can sit and mm. continue to watch it because. I just loved it in the moment, and I loved like the last like act really well. But it's like you have to really be patient. Same like a lot of Nolan films, you got to sit mm-hmm. and wait. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it for what it was. But like stuff like Spider Verse and Guardians, it's like fun throughout. Like there was no moment where I'm like, oh, I feel like the pace went down. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm still there's something new I'm enjoying. Who knows? Barbie, yeah, Barbie, I enjoyed. Barbie, I laughed. I think the most I laughed was a Barbie this year because it was like yeah. one of the best written. Like Greta Gerwig's writing is just. I don't know how she does it, where she takes something that's so you know that means different things to different people, but she's able to find the common thread and just put it in her word. Like she did this, I think she did Little Women. I think that's the first movie of hers I saw. Yeah. And I just saw it because I had the AMC mm-hmm. list. So I was like, oh, I have like a free movie this month. What do I do? And that was playing, so I just went. And then it just wowed me. I'm like, oh, okay, this sold me. Like this, like genre of film that I'm not interested in, but I'm like, oh, Greta kind of sold me on these characters and her writing. So mm-hmm. Barbie's up there. That's kind of my rundown. Well, after TIFF, I took a, I think, a two-week break from movies after that, which was medically prescribed at that point, almost. Mm-hmm. Yes, but Very fair. I I have um, Killers of the Flower Moon is scheduled for next Monday. I'll be watching it, so I'm doing a... Nice. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm trying to tack, tick off a few more Scorsese films that I have not seen yet. So I've seen, I think, almost all his big ones, like 15 of them, but I'm trying to get the ones I haven't, like... I watched After Hours the other night, which was really great. I think it's a great comedy of just just the most uh, insane stuff is happening, and you're just along for the wild ride of it. I think I watched Mean Streets, unofficially his directorial debut. I think he had other ones before that, but nobody really remembers that. And I think it's not his best movie, but it's definitely where you could see everything is starting with him, especially with De Niro and Keitel. It's like, yes. you could see this was made in 1973. You're like... Yeah, and you're like, okay, I could see this guy is already a genius, and obviously he proved us all right. So, and then I think I watched Bring Out the Dead, which is the Nicolas Cage movie he's done, which is also crazy, but not as crazy fun like After Hours. It's pretty, uh, not depressing, but it's about a burnt out paramedic and a, a bunch of the horrors he sees in the life. Now he's just numb to it at that point, which is also lower tier, but lower tier score says he's still great. So. It's nice to be catching up these ones that I've had on my watch list for years now, and I keep piling stuff on top of it. I'm like, I finally got to start picking away at these. You know, so now like... is the perfect time that you watch them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just want to acknowledge that I'm excited about. I'm going to see Scorsese talk with Stephen Colbert for my what? local film, film, oh, film festival, yes. and he's doing like Lucky. a whole like hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, I talked to somebody, and they said that like. Oh, it's my friend Ian. Shout out to Ian if you're listening. Um, he went to a panel at New York Film Festival, and um, he saw Scorsese, Scorsese talk, and he said it felt like he went to film school. So I am very excited mm, wow. to hear that conversation. You, I I noticed your film your film uh, festival gets a lot of good stuff, especially last year and this year. It really it really I got some good stuff going on there. About what I got tickets to this year, I had to cut down because of my upcoming wedding so i mostly got mm. everything that's like you know the highlight mm-hmm. so like i'm seeing dream scenario which i'm very excited mm. about oh, did you see that yet did you see okay. it 
I did see it at TIFF. It's a very was good movie. Good? I think it's unironically, I think it is, or it's Nicolas Cage's best performance in an unironic fashion because he could be good in some bad ways, but this is him perfectly used, and I really enjoyed it. Interesting. Is it as good yeah. as Pig though? I did really love Pig. It's true. I, I love keep Pig. Pig, but this is a different vein of Pig. This is Nicolas Cage mm. going full crazy into a is it... in a smart way and a smart yeah. vision. Is it like Nicolas Cage wise, like unbearable way to mass talent? Because we love that film here. On yeah, the show. that was amazing. Awesome. That was amazing. It is. It is that in terms of just yeah. like fun, kind of off the rails kind of stuff going on, which is. I don't think you can compare a, Cage films. Like, they're all so honestly. Him. It's yeah. Just, yeah. There's no way. Like there's nothing similar. <laughs> just, that's what I love about him. Just... He's the actor who will never turn down job, regardless of yeah. how ridiculous the plot is. Yeah. And I, I didn't love see his that. vampire one. He just did a Dracula one this year. The Redfield. Oh, yeah. Red yeah. yeah. Right here too. Oh, I okay, I will get onto that. Okay. Seems like a fun thing he's mm -hmm. doing. I'm glad he's like at the point of his career where he like he yeah. was like because you guys know why like I read apparently he left Hollywood because he was like well I really didn't really feel like I can be like a full actor so that's why he did a lot of mm -hmm. the straight DVD stuff and I think like him going straight to DVD and like the video that was like the best career movie good yeah he's because, a icon yeah because if he, if he kept going like the whole like blockbuster movie and everything because the last <laughs> the last blockbuster movie he had before he went to like DVD was like Season of the Witch and that was terrible. And oh like, my god, yes! He did, oh he's done, god, like, the stuff he's done on, like, the video, because I think one of the first ones I saw, I was like, okay, he's, like, good, his mom and dad. That's, like, one of my favorites. He's, like, he's, like, <laughs> he's, like, open the door. He's, like, Jesse! I'm, like, okay, I love, <laughs> and, like, even the ones he's, even the ones he's terrible in, he is still, like, great. He's, like, the best one. Yeah, player. it's fun uh, to like, watch. And I was so happy when he's made his, his comeback with Unbearable Way to Master Talent. I'm like, yep, he's back. That movie does not get enough appreciation, but we love it here. Um, but at my film festival, I'm seeing Eileen, uh, mm. which I just read the book for. Ooh. Ooh, okay. I'm excited about that. Wait, which um, film festival is it? Just so I know. This is the Montclair Film Festival. And I have like, okay. okay. Yeah, so this is like not too far from me, but um, mm -hmm. great local film festival. Um, they are showing. Uh, if any all know John Batiste, he worked with Stephen Colbert on The Late mm. Show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, yes. He just, he won his Grammy for one of his albums. Oh, he's and the director of A Private War directed, you know, uh, John Batiste in a new documentary. So uh, I'm going to go see that because there's going to be a Q&A with that. And I thought I was interested. But the other big ticket item is May, December. And Todd Haynes mm. is going to be there, and I have like a front row seat, so I'm Ooh. ready to also go to film school again and learn from Todd Haynes. <laughs> oh, that'll be great. To, when you go to film school for almost seven years and you learn about Todd Haynes, and now you finally have the chance to sit and go like, "Oh my mm. God, the man!" Mm -hmm. you no, know, I'm ready for that conversation. Yeah, give me something no, of his work. I don't know if I recognize the name. Have you ever seen what? Safe with Julianne uh, Moore? Is that the Ryan Reynolds one? No, Safe is a movie where like a woman is basically like isolated. Oh, okay, that's, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was buried. I'm thinking about. Oh, that's that, and it was released back in the <laughs> okay. 90s. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I've heard and, that. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's pretty, it's it's very good for someone. You learn mm. a it's a good it's environment. My worst fear, like, oh my have God. you ever seen Carol? <laughs> no, or I don't Dark so. Waters. Okay. Interesting. Are these like thrillers? I'm pretty curious. Okay, yeah, a lot of them are kind of like thrillers, except for Carol. Hmm. So I know like him and Kate Blanchett have worked a couple times, but yeah, this is uh, exciting. So and um, May, December is a movie starring Natalie Portman. 
okay. and Julianne Moore. Did you see that? Uh, I did. I forgot to mention. I did see it at back at Cannes. That was that was a really fun one to see there. I was not at the I premiere, heard... so I didn't get to see any of the, yes. the cool people, but I still did, saw the movie. Did mm. you like it? Because I heard one person uh, saw it. I'm not going to say who. And they thought the performances <laughs> were good, but the movie was meh. Yeah, it's not my absolute favorite Todd Haynes, but he's like Scorsese, but I don't think he has a single bad film. So it's mm. it's it's good version. It's it's a lifetime movie kind of, but done by a master of the the craft, <laughs> which is which is fun, which which is really fun. The movie. It's one of those where I applauded them for not giving away anything before the festival premiere back in May, where I went in. I was like, this is way weirder than I thought it was gonna be, but I'm all in for it. So it was, it's a it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm so excited for that because I am going to see those four movies. So, um, but Mac, what well, have you been watching? I've been watching, uh, we're going to remove right now. So uh, I've been all over the place. I was going to go see Saw X, but I changed my mind mm -hmm. just to hold it off for a, bit, a little bit. Um, I watched the new Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles movie. That was pretty good. Um, yes, I enjoyed that. Um, I watched that Donald Glover show, Swarm on Prime, which was interesting. Um uh, as before we were recording, I was sitting down, we were watching uh, that new animated show on Max called Young Love. That's a spinoff of the Hair Love show, or Hair Love uh, short film mm -hmm. from 2020. Oh, really yeah, good with yeah. uh, Love Kid Cuddy and everything like that. Um, and I saw this, this new movie on Hulu. It was like the zombie movies based on an R.L. Stein book. And it, like freaking Chevy Chase and Dan Ackerman is so terrible. And like it, <laughs> it's like... I, I the acting's bad and like it's really just dumb. Like I don't know if it's supposed to be a kids movie or anything like that, but you know, and like mm. my my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, I'm playing catch up right now, so I still got to see Across the Spider Verse. And um, but I think it's a tie right now between John Wick Four and like Oppenheimer because Oppenheimer yes. is just such an experience. And like I'm gonna watch it again just to see like the same because I got a new TV. Gonna get a new nice. system in my room. I'm gonna. I think it's like. I want to experience it again with that setting because I think Oppenheimer is just such a great film. And every time, like it's, I never, I hate to do like the correcting thing. And I do that a lot, but like with Oppenheimer, there is one of my friends, which is going to remain nameless. She's like, Oh, it's just boring and everything like that. Well, I was like, see, you don't get it. Like, you I just have that too. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you don't get it. You just don't get yeah. it. Like you're, you're not a Nolan fan. Like you don't get it. <laughs> you know, like you're not a history buff. Like I'm a Nolan fan. I also fan. don't like people who are comparing it to Barbie. Yeah. No, I don't do that. Oh, they're different like, movies. I was like, dude, I'm like, you know, one is literally like, can't uh, be like Barbie's better. They're not the same. No, no, both are so different. Like, <laughs> I just thought, I just think like so, Oppenheimer yeah, was just really great. Like, I loved it, and definitely, I I mentioned in my review, I said Oscar watch and everything. But if it loses the Barbie, I will legitimately like punch my teeth out because oh, yeah. I know it'll probably happen, and I will. Mention <laughs> I don't think you're alone with that. I think and, the mainstream mm. audience will be happy if Barbie wins, but yeah. then like, I feel like film fans. I mean, like. Hunter, I gotta ask since you're also a big me, since you are a film person, would you be upset if Barbie <laughs> won Best Picture? I mean, it's uh, I definitely preferred Oppenheimer over it, but I have no problems with Barbie winning anything. It's a I'll good say, movie, and yeah, I'm happy that I mean, people are passionate about it, and that it would you know be happy for people to see it. I was like, if, yeah. you, really, if you look at any other films that came out this year, like what other film besides like Barbie and Oppenheimer do you think could be nominated for Best Picture? Well, no. that I've seen. I... Um, well. The holdovers oh, would definitely be in there. The holdovers, okay. We still have others that are coming soon, so technically I'm averting from your having seen, but obviously Kills of Flower Moon for the I people watched. who have seen it said it's going to be up there, or stuff like Maestro, or uh, Anatomy of a Fall is one I saw back at I Kansas, watch that really one. great. So what about Napoleon? Really good. 
Um, Ridley Scott's very hit and miss in the Oscars right now. So That's true, yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it, but it's one of my most anticipated movies of the year. I'm really looking forward to it. I would love to see Fair Play be nominated for Best Picture. Fair Play was really good. I or at least original screenplay film. on that one. Yeah. That is yeah, I agree with that. That or the perform and the performances. I mean, I just watched that film as well and just oh loved it. Mm-hmm. The last thirty minutes, I was just gripped. I just couldn't move. Yeah. 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 But Mac, was that we what also... you watched? Oh, sorry, Hunter. I'm so sorry. I'm nope. mean to cut you off. No, 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 no that's fine. Ahead. I, I was, I had just forgotten. I didn't mention poor things as well. That I, I I'm a huge Yorgos Lanthimos fan, so I've, uh, I have hmm. not seen it, but I, everybody who saw it says it's amazing. So I'm exceptionally looking forward to it and i think it'll also be nominated for best picture so it's it's getting to be a crowded field but a lot of great movies that mm. people are really responding to so that's always nice to hear exactly um mac was that everything that you watched yeah pretty much and uh i think that's your last podcast i finally watched the flash and you know that was uh mm-hmm. that was uh, a. <laughs> uh, did you enjoy a, that ride that was, was i mean it was a ride <laughs> i wanted to get off but mm. you know it was uh powered through yeah someone told me that I did review a Blue Beetle last month, August, and I did a Ooh. meme with the unbearable weight of mass talent when Pedro Pascal and Nicholas Cage were looking at each other, and like the Flash is poor like ratings and like the Blue Beetle. Someone said the only reason Flash bombed was because Warner Brothers going through a bad time. You're a Marvel fanboy. I said, oh, thank you. Oh my god, that's true denial. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Flash is uh it's I don't know what movie yet like. They were hyping it up like this is the best superhero movie. Ever. Like we must have watched like two different movies. I don't know what the hell I watched. Like you know, I lost it when um, I lost okay. it when Nicolas Cage as like CGI and a spider. That's when I was like, I love it. I'm I just, <laughs> the only important part that matters, and the only part I watched. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I only watched the post credit scene. There was a post credits. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. Aquaman. It was Aquaman being drunk, and it's oh. even it was even worse now because like none of the actors are back as their yeah, characters. Literally back. nobody. Jason Momoa oh, is gonna wow. be the only person to come back as a different character, but everyone else is done. Guy, yeah. yeah, everyone else oh, wow. is done. As that's what's being discussed, so we should just uh, yeah. put that out there. Uh, hmm. Really quickly, what I watched was Fair Play, which was mentioned. I that is definitely one of my favorite films of the year. Mm-hmm. besides Oppenheimer and Guardians and uh, uh, Cross from the Spider-Verse. Um, really loved that. I watched Reptile. Uh, kind of Reptile? Dis- I was kind of disappointed with the execution okay. of it. <laughs> I mean, Grant Singer uh, is a singer, uh, not singer, oh my gosh. Grant Singer is a director who uh, did the Sean Mendez documentary. Uh, years ago with Sean and that I thought was an okay documentary and he's done like other stuff with musicians so um, this was like his future film debut so I was like kind of curious I was kind of very invested with the trailer and I was like oh how is this going to be and then I saw the time length even though that doesn't like stress me out uh, I saw it and I was just like okay why is this two hours it better be like I better be hooked like a prisoner's type situation what's going mm-hmm. on here mm-hmm. and it's very a paint by the numbers thriller to me and you know what like I was like oh this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen and I watched it with my parents my mom fell asleep halfway through and then she woke <laughs> up and she was like she guessed 
immediately and then what do you know what happens in the end happens in the end and i we all oh. weren't surprised and my parents aren't like you know they'll watch movies with me but they knowing that they knew what was gonna happen i was just like yeah you know <laughs> you're not missing much when my mom goes leave so um uh and then also i learned as i was watching the credits benicio del toro was one of the writers of the film and oh. i said and i was like very upset because i was like benicio you've been a you played a cop hmm. or at least been in the like you know cop field related thing you know if you watch sicario or been with the drugs druggy stuff hmm. like you know he's good like you know you can crack down on the crimes you know he can do that and he's very mess um i did not like him as much as i did here and especially with the writing that falls hmm. drastically flat i mean hunter did you see it yeah i actually saw it in toronto i think it was my second movie i saw there so i at least saw it with some fresh eyes and i also thought it was it was just okay i mean i think benicio del toro is good and i think it was weirder in some moments for i don't say good reasons but for a little refreshing reasons but i don't think it had anything special about it or if it came together all that well it's it's definitely yeah. a movie i watched and i was like this is a six out of ten netflix movie that i won't watch again or think yeah. about yeah or like i can't even recommend it and be like eh, you really want to see it for two hours yeah like, like, I was really invested with Justin Timberlake's character, but I felt he was, like, underutilized. Like, there was more to his character that you don't even see, I think. But then mm. you just find out from, like, the details from, like, his mom or, like, you know, stuff that's going on and stuff. So I felt like, I was like, all right, uh, anytime now this movie can conclude so we can get to the resolution. So, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, so I watched that. And then I also watched Totally Killer, which that was just, uh, you know, meh as well. Oh, mm-hmm. I wanted. I was like looking forward to that one. Whatever. Yeah, I you know not bad, but not great either. Kira Shipkin is probably the best part of that film, I will say. Mm. Um, but then finally, I didn't get to watch Loki yet. I'm behind on Loki. Mm. Oh, I like that. Loki's yeah. been keeping up. Besides that, I'm watching Dancing with the Stars, which is like my guilty pleasure, y'all. <laughs> get so, out of uh, here. You're watching Dancing with the Stars. Let me know what you think of Sochi Gomez. Get out We're not of rooting here. for Lele Pons. Ja- Jamie Lee Spears already had the question. So if you're watching this, with the stars, let me know. Oh my gosh. We should move on to the topic. All right. So that's what I've been watching. <laughs> yeah. We got to get into Jennifer Lawrence because that's the big thing that you two are here today. Uh, are you ready? Are you two ready to talk about Jennifer Lawrence? The first female action star? <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe for a a generation, I guess, a certain Mm. generation. You're trying to be nice about that. Before that, there was nobody before J Law when she did Uh, X Hunger Games. There was no one else. We didn't have Sigourney Weaver. We didn't have Uma Thurman. We had there was only Jennifer Lawrence. One Lawrence. Mm. One Lawrence under Hunger Games. I don't know. (laughs) No, there, there's a Jennifer. That means we forgot Jennifer Lawrence and Anaconda. Don't. What? No, no, I mean, I mean, Jennifer <laughs> wasn't. I was like, wait, what? I was like, wait, oh, hold wow. on. Like, yeah. okay. fell, fell, fell into your own trap there. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, but today's oh, episode, God. we're talking so... about um, 
the career retrospective of one Jennifer Lawrence who is on a hiatus. I believe she did one movie this year, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. which is um interesting. But uh, yeah, she's had a very prolific career. She's had a lot of highs and uh, a lot of lows. Mostly a lot of lows near the end. But um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a pretty good career. But uh, I'll ask this for everyone. Um, I'll start with you, uh, Hunter. What was the first Jennifer Lawrence film you ever saw? Like, what was your exposure to her? I mean, it would have to be probably The Hunger Games because it came out and the books were incredibly popular right around middle school, junior high for me. And we, it was so popular that even like a Friday during the day, they rented out the movie theater and had all the kids go to the theater and watch the movie on opening day so they literally that's how big it was it was like avengers level for our school wait how old were you guys i i was probably what 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 year did it come out i have it right here 2012 so so i would have been i would have been about 13 years old around that time so i i had read the books because they were hugely popular in our school library and stuff so that's probably the first one i was i had seen her in which is about when she started making her bigger movies as well. So it kind of lines up. So that's kind of what I like about it. She's been a star about the same time I started watching movies and everything about that. I think it was Hunger Games, but then I'm I'm realizing it wasn't the most memorable because I wasn't as much into Hunger Games. So I I watched it because I was watching everything back then. But I think it was really the X-Men series Mm -hmm. where she's in the best X-Men movie, which is the first class where she plays Mystique. And... She was pretty good in it. I liked her character quite a lot. And she did a lot of commitment to the role because she had like three hours of makeup just to, you know, look all blue all the time. So respect on that. But that's what's exciting. The first movie I did see was The Hunger Games. The most first time I was like memorably, I remember her was from First Class. And then she's holding her own against like James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender. And I think this was the time when all of them were kind of starting out. Like they hadn't become big stars yet. They were kind of just being discovered by at least western hollywood audience so it was fun that movie was really good and she kind of held her own against all these other people so yeah i was gonna say x-men first class too because i'm like oh who's this chick and you know she was pretty entertaining in it and then you know Ooh. with history from there and you know i just thought i just knew her as like mystique so every time i saw her for a time i'm like oh that's raven from yeah. uh almost the t titans that's raven from x-men <laughs> Mine is very interesting. Um, okay. So I as well got to know Jennifer Lawrence from X-Men First Class as well. Um, but then around as like 2012 was like her year where she like popped off and was like in like so mm-hmm. many movies. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she got the exposure of being like America's sweetheart darling. You know, she's like, I like pizza and football. She's like, oh, I started in the Sweet 16, you know, commercial. You know, she was in, you know, if you remember hearing her talk about Monk where she was like a mascot if you remember that she used to go on press store um so like this was the time i was about like let's see in 2012 i was i was like between like a sophomore and a and a uh junior in high school so like hunger games was the thing kind of like going off what hunter was saying and then like i wasn't really fascinated with the hunger games i did watch it when it came out like on dvd but then like my sister and i started to really like jennifer lawrence so uh we had one day like a binge-a-thon of like jennifer lawrence movies of the elder project season (laughs) so if you imagine like a 15 year old and a 13 year old watching winter's bone on a snowy day (laughs) and the beaver (laughs) what a dichotomy (laughs) yes yes and um 
that was the year and um I went to go see her in Silver Linings Playbook. That was my first theater going experience. And I think that's her greatest oh. role to date, I think. And I think it's hard to come back from that, from like looking at her filmography. Like as we were we were coming up with this idea, I was going through the filmography and thinking about what films I haven't seen. And, you know, I was like, oh, I've seen just about every single one of these movies. And I was like, what is the best film to date? I was like, yeah, you know, it's hard to capture what she did in Silver Linings Playbook. And, you know, I do have a soft spot from like 2012 at House at the End of the Street is a good no, but I just find that to be filmed to be insane. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. You're not a fan. I mean, I'm not a fan of that. Sucks. It sucks, but I just. I just have a guilty pleasure for oh, knowing that the whole That's the like that's the worst part when an actor or actress gets big. It's like they want to cast them in everything. And like I think at that time the actor's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so many roles. And like at a point you should be like, you're it's just like, all right, so you're getting big. Don't accept everything because there's probably gonna be something like, no, no, I want to do this, let's do a horror movie. And then I'm like, oh you know that's the funny part this isn't even like the worst horror movie she's been in there was another one that came out in 2015 but we'll get to that later i don't even call well, that horror as a thriller my mom said she didn't want us alone we're not really alone promise me you won't tell anyone house at the end of the street i'm gonna say this i'm going back <laughs> in the film was announced in 20 2003 Oh my god, uh-huh. that's a nineties. And then there were seven years until production hit until Jeez. 2010. So this film was filmed in like 2010. So if you figure in 2010, she was she already filmed. I'm looking at her Wikipedia and IMDb page. She filmed was at least had finished. You know, this is around the time of the Burning Plan and Winter's Bone. So she was just starting to get acting. You know, mm-hmm. credits from there. So to be fair. <laughs> You know, you can take the the actor can get one starting out. So, so it's like Chris Hemsworth when he did Cabin in the Woods in like two thousand. That's a better movie. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that weird timing of like, damn, why'd you wait this long to release this? Yeah, that's that's the studio's <laughs> fault. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> but I I guess we should probably discuss like break this down and like let's talk about some of our favorite Jennifer Lawrence movies first. Mm-hmm. Positivity first. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I I guess I'll start. Like, I I could say that. The first Hunger Games, I will say I do like the first Hunger Games. There's something about it where, like, the YA genre wasn't, you know, dumb as it later got. Because I think the crescendo of that was Divergent, but we'll get to that in another day. Um, I I like Hunger Games. I like X-Men, Days of Future and Past, and uh, First Class. And First Class is definitely the best X-Men movie since the second one, probably at that time. And then mm-hmm. I Silver Linings Playbook, I thought was really good. Um, I feel like in an alternate timeline, Bradley Cooper liked her performance so much. He was like, hey, do you want to be in a Star Is Born? So in an alternate timeline, mm-hmm. we got Jennifer Lawrence in a Star Is Born instead of Lady Gaga. But and it, hey, maybe she would have been Harley Quinn and, and the Joker too. But that's another, that's a, that's a Mandela effect. It's a butterfly effect. Um, <laughs> I also did enjoy, um, what's another, I'm trying to think. Let me look at her IDB real quick because I had it off the top of my head. But yeah, I say X-Men. Um, Silver Lang's playbook. Uh, where is this? the filmography? Oh, here we go. Um, I did enjoy. I liked her in American Hustle. That was pretty good. American Hustle is really good. good. And don't get me. And this is going to be controversial because when I was thinking about it, I was like, it's going to be a worse movie. 
soft spot. I like her in Mother. Mother is the most subversive <laughs> studio film in decades. Some people love it. Some people don't. But no one can stop talking about Mother. Experience it for yourself. Now playing rated R. Hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't love Mother. <laughs> I don't like Mother either, but I thought she did well. I thought it was a little too Darren Aronofsky-ish, mm. but I liked her performance. It's not a great movie, but I think she gave a pretty decent performance. You said you want to start with positivity. Unfortunately, the figure she's most known for starring for, Diego Russell, is not a figure of positivity. But yeah, I do enjoy all three in movies. Time. <laughs> Even then, too, but I enjoy all three yeah. movies she's in, David O. Russell movies she's in, which was crazy. She went from Hunger Games to immediately three straight big Oscar vehicles. That, But I like that all three of the movies she's in show a different aspect of her, where it's Silver Linings Playbook. It's a co-lead with Bradley Cooper, right. and they both play off. They got great chemistry. She can be kind of funny, crude, uh, heartbreaking. She can kind of run the whole gamut, but then when you go to American Hustle, she's like, a big supporting player that steals the scenery where they're kind of over the top performance, but she can be part of a large cast. And then when you get to joy, she is the one lead of the whole movie. So she is now mm -hmm. taking all of the energy and she can really lead a whole movie, which we obviously knew for a blockbusters, but this is another layer to that. So I like all those for different aspects, of the mm. movies. And I didn't say anything right when you said a Mac. But I think my favorite performance is Mother for her. And I actually really like Mother. So I think that is her best performance in one of the better movies she's been in because of the absolute insanity of it. I do love – I do understand why people don't like it, obviously, or like that. Or even if they don't like it, they have to fall in the middle of it. There's total reasons for that. But I think it is incredibly assaultive and overbearing movie to its point. And I think she handles it well and just keeps you captivated the whole way throughout it. Do you remember the press tour she was on and she talked about mm. like the world, like, you know, it was like this election period and she oh, went like on God, this time yeah. and everyone was like, what <laughs> is Jennifer Lawrence talking about? Do you remember that, Mac? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, was, why like, is Jennifer Lawrence talking about this? <laughs> it was so weird to describe Mother because I was like, I was a sophomore in high school and I was just really starting, like, this was a few months before I started reviewing movies and like, I was like, oh my god, I love this movie. And like trying to describe it to my friends, they looked at me like I was smoking all the weed in the world. I'm like, I swear, <laughs> this is, I saw this is what it's about. There's people in the house. She's Mother Earth. They're like, what the hell are you saying? And I, I, one of my friends actually, he was convinced yeah. to go see it for me. And he's like, I'm never listening to you again. I, I hated that movie. I was like, that movie, oh, it was fine. Yeah. It's fine. You, yeah. you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> oh, you'll get it. All right. It's, yeah, it's not it. subtle. I think it's the most metaphorical uh, Darinowski movie. Like on the nose, like, did you understand what I was saying oh, yeah. here? So yeah, my favorite. Yeah. Um, so y'all covered a lot of them. So I think with Jennifer Lawrence, I'm thinking through a movie, then it's a lot of the ones that I like. She is just one of a really stellar cast. Mm -hmm. So the American Hustle or X-Men First Class, there's a lot of other actors, so she's really good at, you know, holding her own there. Um, I haven't seen Silver Lining Playbook. I really want to. That is mm -hmm. really high on my list. I think I'll bring up something that nobody's mentioned. I did like her in Don't Look Up okay. because she kind of does suit that. Because, again, it's all really good actors she's working with, but she's also playing someone who is like this very normal, average Joe person, and she does that well. I like that she becomes this, like, psychotic person who's just, like, she can't believe how the world is just so 
crazy nobody's listening but everyone around her is just delusional and she played that freak out really well and i didn't think that she and timothy shalame would kind of start something in that but worked uh, not i mean wouldn't say the best in terms of acting i think she was just kind of having fun there she did a good job of just being this normal person which i didn't think jennifer i don't think she's ever played like a normal person until we'll talk about her feelings but i haven't seen her really play just normal people she's always played someone who is you know been in a higher position or role like with mystique or with hunger games with katniss she's always someone who is stealing the show when she's on but with don't look up she's just like someone you could just ignore but still manages to come in mm-hmm. so yeah just because nobody mentioned it, i'll bring don't look up in there <laughs> i forgot mm. about that movie yeah, yeah i rewatched it recently <laughs> it's kind of it's weird when you watch it after things have passed Mm-hmm. So I think it came out in the height of when this chaos was happening but now when you watch it like a year after that you're like oh this is interesting Adam McKay took a different direction there Adam forget yeah. Adam McKay predicted the okay. future okay. Oh, yeah. excuse me okay <laughs> mm-hmm. uh hmm. but moving on to um the worst of what Jennifer Lawrence has been in. Uh, uh, everything post Hunger Games 3. Um, I think that, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. don't look up, mother. You know, everything was uh, kind of dead. Not sure. Okay. <laughs> well, half truth to that. There's some. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, like, if you had to pick one performance, Mac, what is your least favorite? That's hard, man. That is really hard because, like, I gen. There are some movies where I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, what happened to you? Like, I can't pick one. I gotta say multiple. So, like, Red Sparrow. That was just a way of like, let's just see Jennifer Lawrence naked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I was like, they they marketed the movie like, oh my gosh, you're gonna see J Law's titties. That's gonna be crazy. I'm like, okay. Um. Yeah. And then like, oh my god. Like, I think the worst role was passengers like my god like that movie okay. is that's the creepiest when you look at the undertones you're like huh it's mm-hmm. a little bit creepy and i just think that whole movie was just flat like she, her chemistry with chris pratt just was not i didn't buy it at all and i thought the ending was it was fine or i just thought it was a little dumb but that's just me red sparrow and passengers are probably like two of the worst movies she's done there's a reason we woke up early here we go. Passengers on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and digital today. Passengers is an interesting watch if you look back on it, because I know we've talked about it on the podcast here, I think, Mac, and, and or you and I have talked about it in passing, you know, with it, because, you know, Chris Pratt that is creepy. also a major star. Like, they both kind of rose up with their star power around the same mm-hmm. time when, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Pratt was guardians he was Uh in parks and rec he you know was with anna ferris you know he kind of like rose to fame around the same time she did so when they got both got casted it was like kind of exciting to see these two be together and like what was described at least from what i remember the advertisements it was being called like a sexy space sci-fi thriller and then poor uh whatchamacallit uh what is it? Mar- Michael Sheen is there as a bartender mm-hmm. robot. He's mm-hmm. just like it's just there for the ride. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was in space. That's it. And he just mm-hmm. stalks and just wants to wakes her up and was like, "Well, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna, you know, 
you know, hypnotize you into loving me and, you know, I'm going to make you feel desperate for me and, you know, all that caboodle, whatever happens. I remember seeing in the theaters and being like ultimately disappointed of like how it it's execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theaters. Yeah. Dodge a bullet. Okay. <laughs> uh, Hunter, your least favorite Jennifer Lawrence film. Well, at least I don't think she's ever really done a bad performance. I don't think. I mean, there's definitely a range of them, but I don't think she's been bad. But I think the worst movie she's definitely been in is um, Dark Phoenix. Which oh, is God. Far Fair more. enough. Not, not her fault. Full away. I think that movie has so many problems. It's a lot of mm-hmm. these things she's been in where she's, you look at her career, she's like, film this movie but then it got delayed or moved and there's something in between that's this one thing with dark phoenix where like it's filmed in like 2017 or whatever and then they had reshoots and they had reshoots again and then it comes out and it's really really bad and it's mm-hmm. just like and then i i'm not even care about spoilers because why are you watching this movie if it has it's <laughs> when she dies yeah, in this. and you can definitely feel even by x-men apocalypse you could feel that she didn't really want to be in these anymore mm-hmm. and i no to, couldn't totally blame her but but by you know dark phoenix it had been like when they were filming it had been seven years since first class and it's Jesus. like okay she's kind of over this now yeah. and then it's 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 definitely uh you're like when she died midway through you're like well at least she got the good at, way out of this movie. <laughs> she, died. Going, so. she died she escaped from this yeah uh brian singer has done many awful things as that has come to mm-hmm. light uh x-men days of future past is also really good Mm-hmm. I will acknowledge that, yes. but uh, well, Hunter, it's funny you said that like she was already done with it. Like you already tell him like Apocalypse, like she wasn't even like in makeup for half the movie. She was already mentally checked out. She's like, I'm done with this. Yeah, like, yep, yep. I, I yeah. like, damn, she was not. She was mostly just Jennifer Lawrence in the second mm-hmm. movie. Which, based on the um, filmmaking in Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, I'm like, well, maybe she read the writing on the wall. Was just like, you know what? These aren't even going to be good movies because obviously, First Class and Days of Future Past are great, mm-hmm. and she's. Mm-hmm one of the reasons why they're great so uh it's unfortunate that the next two were just not good and are merely blips now in her filmography you're like oh yeah she did four x-men movies that's crazy you know two good ones and then like you know Mm -hmm. mediocre and one bad one (laughs) and there's also the same commute set for films with bradley cooper where it's silver lines playbook and american Mm -hmm. hustle and then they don't have a ton of time and joy but they do Three. And then there's this other one I keep looking at called Serena. That they <gasps> I am together. going to talk about Serena. That... Okay, so I have not yeah. seen it. I have I've no idea if it. anyone's even seen this movie in the world, but it's like that. It's another <laughs> trivia question. It's like, how many films of Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence together? You're like, oh, they've done three. You're like, no, they've done four. And it's like, what? Yep. So obviously, if you've seen it or want to talk about it, please do because I, 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 I've only <laughs> heard terrible things about it. So I don't, I'm, it's like curious, but I'm not that curious. <laughs> Serena is so something else. Um, mm-hmm. Dean, before I say okay. my piece. <laughs> so I'll, I'll continue, but I'll say like even if like Jennifer Lawrence is like a good actress, so even if the movie is not good, you can usually tell she's giving it what she can. Mm-hmm. She's trying to be what she can. And that's kind of why I'm going to go with Dark Phoenix too, because you can really see that she she is not in it. She's just like, she just has given up. And it's, it's just fair. Like, it's just kind of like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And the irony is that you didn't even, like, need her. Like, the X-Men had reached that point where, you know, people knew what they were and they knew these movies. So it's like, and you're not going to see it for Mystique anymore. It's like, if you had taken her out, if you had recasted, it would have been, like, fine. I don't think anybody would have really cared. 
and i think she was trying to get that too she just like through apocalypse and um, dorothy and she like just get me out like you don't need me mystique isn't even that big a character like prior to this so it's just because of her she kind of made that character so iconic but it became her downfall too because then they kept asking her to come back she didn't want to come back and then you can really see in her performance like she's like i don't want to be here just kill me and then the director i don't know if you all hear the director kind of spoiled the death mm-hmm. of her like two weeks before that. the movie the director gave it away and then people like why that's the one thing in that movie people might be shocked by and then it's gone so yeah i would say dark phoenix so just like it's a movie that i just cannot like usually i can find good in most movies the dark phoenix is just like i saw it in theater but i couldn't sit through it i'm like this is the most saddest ending to this franchise like now that you know they're going to reboot x men again but like i wish they had gone a little bit you know with a bang gone completely crazy done something so different kept jennifer lawrence out of it but because she's in that movie that's kind of the one off the worst part is is like X Men even went out worse because New Mutants came out after that. Yeah, <laughs> so, it just kept sliding. I just, oh, it started out so good. It was like one of the only ones. And then I was like, yeah. Were you excited for? That was my first oh. first movie in theaters since like COVID happened, and I was like, damn, oh, damn. I'm glad oh. I'm back in theaters. <laughs> I'm glad I'm back in theaters, but not, not for not this. for this. God, remember that? They rebooted. They rebooted in like a couple of years. <laughs> Remember they? Mm-hmm. I remember that the first trailer for New Mutants came out in like what was it, twenty nineteen, and then like I was oh, like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be a dark horror movie. They got pushed back like five times. Yep, yep. And it was like, hey, New oh. Mutants is coming out. Like, wait, what? Like, what is this? Oh, like, I movie <laughs> was so slow and boring. Oh my god, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so Kristen, what the hell is Serena? <laughs> okay, all right. First, I'm just gonna mention that. uh Dark Phoenix has the right to be bad because, first of all, it's directed by this, the incredibly uh, untalented Simon Kenberg. Mm. <laughs> and then who is yeah. known for like producing and then also directing. So, uh, and I was thinking about it recently back, and I was like, I was I saw in theaters a haunting in Venice, and he was one of the producers. And I was like, well, this makes mm. sense while well, he's a producer. <laughs> you mean and, the great director of at- 355? Yes, oh, the astounding yeah. director of the three five fives, the ultimate female assassin movie, whatever bullcrap. Oh, I forgot was. about that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was garbage. Just went. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing he garbage. might have pitched it to Jennifer Lawrence as well oh, on Dark Phoenix. Yeah, yep. she walked away and said no. I'm Unfortunately, Jessica hold. Chastain was on the set, and he pivoted to her, and she didn't. She didn't say no. She so. just saw a ta- our target for be like, "Oh, we can create yeah. an action movie. Let's do yeah. it." Um, yeah. but uh, on another note, um, this guy's such a mixed bag. These. They're not just. He's not just a mixed bag. He's one straightforward bag, and it's not. Oh, he's, he's got the he Martian did... on his list. He's got like. That's what he's produced. Stuff. I will give him credit. He's. Oh, got some okay, good produced. Producing. Okay, okay, okay. He can be a good producer, not a director. I don't think. Or a writer. Okay, looks like the ones he's written are he not. Did. Okay. He did write Days of Future Past. So he gets one notch there, but one it's, there. Okay. It's 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 one against a lot. Everyone gets. So yeah, yeah, everyone gets yes. one. <laughs> You get you get uh, that one. I was like, I won't okay. totally uh, crucify you yet because you wrote yeah. that. He's got another movie upcoming that with Dave Batista coming up, and I don't know how I feel about oh. that. He so, wrote Fan uh, Force yeah. Stick. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but anyways, moving into this, I like I would have to say, post Joy is when I think her career just kind of dwindles down for me, at least in terms of exciting roles, at least. Where I was like, okay, she's going to get her Oscar again. She's going to get nominated. She's going to do, you know, 
the whole kit and caboodle, you know, and I was like, okay, mother, not, I didn't love, okay, Red Sparrow, okay, everybody forgot about that, Dark Phoenix, nobody cares, don't look up, okay, that was a whole other thing that I didn't like, Causeway is boring as shit, Aww. I will say, I did not like Causeway, I was so, uh. I was so disappointed with Causeway, I was, and then No Hard Feelings was just, you know, fun, satisfactory, you know, it's just fine, but I like, she's not gonna, I don't see her, you know, she's not gonna get an Oscar for that, like, you know, just saying, if she does, good for her, but uh, I will say, her worst performance, you know, she's not a, a terrible actress, I just will say, though, that the worst film she's been in is Serena. And if you haven't seen Serena, you are in for a treat. That, and I only know about this film because this was the, the during the time where I was, like, really into, you know, I was talking about it earlier, where my sister and I were really into Jennifer Lawrence. And during this time, I used to love reading book adaptations that were being turned into films. So it was announced that Serena was going to be one of them. I still have the book to this day. <laughs> I read this in high school. And the stuff that goes on in this book, I just can't even comprehend that I read this in high school for knowing myself. And it's a set in the Depression era of North Carolina. And Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence start in this movie together where there's so much infidelity. It's it's like unspeakable what Bradley <laughs> Cooper does. It's like, I will say he does have a kid with another woman and he has this affair and um, you're not missing much. It is a slow burn of a book, slow burn of a movie. I remember watching this like on Tubi because I was trying find mm. trying to find ways to see this and I had to see it like a year later after Magnolia Pictures released it. Oh like, I was about to say it's like, like a Warner Brothers. I, I it's like I was about to ask if you saw it in theaters because I would have no. given you a trophy because you'd be the only person who ever I would have been that like that one person if you remember years ago where that one person went to go see that Shia LaBeouf movie in theaters if you all remember that it mm. was like one person years ago I would have been the same thing with that Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper movie. So yeah, I saw that and I re remember being ultimately disappointed. And I was just like, why did I waste my whole junior year picking out this book and being like, oh, this is gonna be great? And it was something. It is something. <laughs> oh and the whole the just alone how the movie ends is like, well, that's Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> and Bradley Cooper. It's like, you know, you you're better off spending your time watching all the David O'Russell movies that they're in again. Mm. Don't yeah. even bother <laughs> with Serena because Serena is something else. I did not like anything. It's like they ha the the thing is they still have that chemistry there. I will not deny that there is still chemistry between the two of them. Mm. But just the whole ex like whole thing is not great. And this movie, I was look I forgot looking it up, and I'm looking at it now based on the Wikipedia page. This movie had an astonishing, and I will say that nicely um between a 25 to 30 million dollar budget and this movie made five million dollars at the box office did they blow that budget on made more or oh my word yeah and uh they uh they did something and this film here going this is going back to darren aronofsky uh he was originally set to direct it with angela jolene jolene jolene, jolene. jolene. <laughs> I, mean, I can't talk today so uh yeah, that was that is uh, something. At least those two dodged a bullet with yeah. that one. 
this was literally but... in your peak like after silver linings and american hustle this mm-hmm. and then it suddenly tanked so bad oh wow yeah it's if you want to see something rare go watch serena I, feel oh like I saw I feel like a trailer for it and I had, I was like, oh, okay. And I forgot all about it. Like, I don't remember this at all. Blank it out. Yeah, Something, it's, yeah. It's, I, a, it's a blank movie. It's like, it's like going back to Reptile. You're going to forget you even watched it. <laughs> so did no one else? That's wa- sad to say. Did no, did no one else watch Red Sparrow? I don't think I think, so. I, I think Red Sparrow is an okay movie. It's it's, a, mean, it's again like a six and a half out of ten. I enjoyed it for its darkness almost, but you are right in how it was marketed was a bit gross. I guess uh, is one way to put it. But I think she's a it's it's her going hard action in terms of you know rated R obviously, and as opposed to the PG thirteen and the Hunger Games and X Men movies, it proves that she can be an adult mm. lead as well. I will but I'm see. not gonna commend anybody or anything for it. It's just it's right in the middle for me. It's like eh. I'm trying to see if I remember this because there are like three other movies that are like Angelina Jolie did a movie like this. I think she did Salt and then Charlie Theron yeah. did a movie like this, which is also like about us. Like they all yeah. had these weird like one spy thriller movies. So I, I'm pretty sure I saw Red Sparrow in that time, but I cannot remember. It's so similar. It <laughs> makes sense that they teen out because like the director of this is Francis Lawrence and he worked on the Hunger Games films and uh, it just makes sense that, you know, they would re-team up. You know, they were like, he was like, Jen, I need a favor. Can mm. you just star in this movie for me? <laughs> Please, she's like, probably money. like, sure. But then, you know, she gets into the process. She's probably like, what the hell do I have to do? No, I, I gotta oh, ask. Man. I gotta ask this real quick. Are, are you done, Kristen? Or you got more? But I will say, I like Joel Edgerton. I do like him as an actor. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. He doesn't, never gets enough credit. No. God, no. I love the, the Thing 2011. I think that's a great movie. Kids will really hate it. Um, Hunger if Games. If you haven't watched It Comes at Night, go watch that. <laughs> um, Hunger Games. Um, they Come I, at Night? Okay. I mm-hmm. like the first one. What do you guys think about the sequels? Because I know a lot of people with, like, second one, eh, it was fine. And, like, the part one, part two were... And people still think the first one. I, I I thought the sequels were pretty okay. Like I thought she was still like, because by the time the third movie part one part two came out, she was really at her peak. Like everyone was like, we're gonna go see Hunger Games with Jennifer Lawrence. What do you guys think about the sequels for Hunger Games? I I'd say like I don't think they live up because I think the first one really set the pace. And mm-hmm. I think by the time it reached the sequels, I don't know if it needed a part one part two. So I was like pretty comfortable with just like okay one nice trilogy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's the acting. I just think. By that point, for me, I had like I waited long enough, and the story had evolved past my interest. So I just watched it because you know Jennifer Lawrence, and I just wanted to see how it ended. Yeah, and I don't think I have anything like negative against it. I think it was just in the time I enjoyed it, but it's something now. I think maybe when the new Hunger Games comes out in a month or so, maybe I'll go rewatch it and I'll have different opinions just to see. I think they're all fine, uh, comfortably made. I think they actually benefit from being compared to the other YA movies at the time, like the uh, Maze Runner series, Divergent. Uh, mm. I guess Twilight was a little before because it just ended yeah. right around Hunger Games. Just, yeah. obviously, obviously, Harry Potter was is stands at the peak for that. But I think they're all fine movies. I have no big problems with them, but I also will probably never rewatch them. And I, I'll probably <laughs> just read the Wikipedia pages before I go see the new Hunger Games movie. In like it a, is a prequel. A, a so. month here. <laughs> Yeah, Might not need just to. to make sure I catch up. But mm. still, like, who was like, man, 
I really want to see another Hunger Games movie after like what it's been almost like 10, 10 years. years. Yeah, like I'm like, man, I really gotta see the new Hunger Games. Like, dude, I thought the Hunger Games peak had ended. Like I thought we were done and like there is yeah. I will say there's a meme going around that describes my high school my my time as being my high school like <laughs> time. And it's the Taylor Swift 1989 album and then the Hunger Games. And then it's like 10 years later. And it was like, you know, the inner millennial is like being awakened. And it's like, you know, with the Taylor Swift re-release of 1989. And then the Hunger Games are coming out. It's back. This is my sophomore year again. I remember in high school. I remember in high school. In high school, there was like a ton of like YA now because like it was Hunger yeah. Games two, it was Hunger Games two, and then the part one and two. It was Divergent. Maze Runner was the one that took over my school, mm-hmm. which I was shocked because I thought Maze Runner sucked. But then yep, I got yep, older, yep. And I'm like, okay, this is actually really good. Um, then the host was another one, which was horrible. Um, oh yeah, the host that was also Stephanie Meyer. That was also mm-hmm. garbage. Does Mortal Engines count? I think Mortal Engines came in. I don't know if that's the same. Mortal Engines yeah. came, yeah. yeah the same that. thing with Lily Collins. Oh Dean, you my just god. Unlocked, you just unlocked the memory because I completely forgot about that movie. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I had, you said Mortal Engines. And I, what? Yeah. Oh. I can't play. I don't know when that came out. I think it was like 2018. Was it like the director yeah. said, I covered her face because she was ugly, the main lead? I'm like, damn, okay. Jesus Christ. Like, oh I remember, my god, really? Yeah, I think that was who I don't know who directed it, but apparently there was like rumor like the reason why they had her face covered is like they thought she was ugly. I was like, damn, okay. Like, I mean, that movie sucked anyway, but I was just like, dang, that's gonna that's a little messed up, but like, dude, I don't know. I was just like, I'm trying to think like the most I've seen that movie is the trailer. Me too. I like, I was like, uh, Jamie Campbell was in that movie. Let's take a reminder of that. And that man went to go on uh, to be in, uh, Stranger Things and being one of the most popular hmm. people from that series now. So, so we went from so high art to higher. <laughs> like I don't know. Like, but that reminds me. I just want more original stuff now. I'm so tired of them going back. Same. Like you said, like nobody wants the Hunger Games thing. Let's see who watches it. But they're not like they're giving us Wonka now as well. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I don't know if anybody wanted a Wonka hmm. prequel. And oh. I don't know if anyone's seen the creator, but that's kind of on my list because it's been like a very like a new original movie that's kind of gaining attention. So I don't I, know. I want to see that. But so yeah, I'm I'm kind of done with them rehashing. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to the theater and watch it because I think that's where it's supposed to be seen. Oh. Damn. Uh, what was I going to say? During this time, that as we're mentioning all these YA novels, I'm like thinking back because I was like, talking to my mom the other day and she's like you know you graduated from high school like 10 years ago and i'm going oh crap and i was like thinking about all these movies because mac and i are going to be doing a mm-hmm. uh watch along which we'll name the title of soon and it's just like oh my god i saw this movie 10 years ago in theaters like what the hell dude the year <laughs> I lies especially Jeez. oh my god I, it's just so weird i graduated mm. high school five years ago and i remember the movies what? that were like big words like avengers infinity war uh, uh into this across into the spider verse um mm-hmm. i think like 2018 was such a year oh i oh, think it was I ready deadpool P- came out deadpool 2 um oh ready, ready player, player one. one the most yeah sort of i is anyone a fan of ready player one okay i don't mind it mm-hmm. i enjoy it not really that's <laughs> like that movie is so like, i'm not as connected to the source material so i don't <laughs> mind so i will say i i watched the movie and my best friend who's listening to this hi rose um she read the book and like I love the book. I think the book's actually better and more tight than the movie. Um, I read the sequel book. I've heard the book is nice. Yeah. The sequel book is hot 
hot ass. Like it's so bad. Like oh, okay. the only reason mm-hmm. it was made is because the um <laughs> the writer was like, Well, I helped Steven Spielberg make the first movie, so it inspired me to make the second book because he was already writing the second book, but then working on the movies like, all right, and then it, it's so rushed, and then they're gonna adapt it into the second movie. I'm like, you're doing another movie? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, uh... Okay. Yeah, okay. it's 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 I have, it's it's definitely I love Steven Spielberg, but I, it's the, definitely the one of his movies he's made like the last twenty years. So I'm like, oh yeah, he made that movie. I forgot yeah. about that. I remember they hyped so, up like That's unfortunate. Speaking of like young adult, though, I think we forgot Chronicles of Narnia though. That's oh my gosh. Oh. Chronicles of Narnia came and went so quietly. I didn't see the last two of those. Yeah. But the first, I really like the first one and maybe the second one. I enjoy that quite a bit. I miss the Chronicles oh. of Narnia. That was definitely. I hear drums. What? Did... Yeah. Oh, that was definitely one of the and Spider-Man mm-hmm. Chronicles too. Give a Another shout out one. to them. In that era. Well, I think they got overshadowed by you know cut. like Harry Potter and Twilight because it's like those were two juggernauts mm-hmm. and everything else kind of like fell in the wayside because I mean remember how many yeah. remember the Golden Compass. Oh yeah. That was like released <laughs> back when I was like in school. <laughs> you mean it on HBO, right? Like thing. HBO made a show about it. I can't uh, yeah, I they did. did. They it was like part of like dark materials. Yeah, they yeah. Dark made materials. a show because I know it ended on a cliffhanger, and they're like coming back for part two, and there was never a part two. Kind of like how the they did three uh, seasons for uh, his darkest materials. His dark materials. Yeah. Oh, okay, I know that. What was it? Divergent two. They ended on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. They never did the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Nobody cared. Good, yeah. Um, At least Jennifer Lawrence was able to complete her series on like uh, Shane Lee Woodley, but uh, you know, <laughs> she has like... two franchises with four four movies in it. That's so interesting. X-Men oh my god! Yeah. Games. Do you think they're gonna try to give her like Katniss? Well, what what's the timeline for the new Hunger Games? Like, how many years does it take place? Because this is like what the seventieth annual games or the twentieth in a new movie? I don't know. I can't recall. Well, it is it is a prequel, so she technically doesn't exist yet in okay. these movies. Okay. What if like, my name is something Everdeen? It's like her great grandmother or something. I'm like, oh they my god. They could have mm. somebody. There could be somebody with the last name Everdeen. I wouldn't be shocked if that's some Easter final line in a, one like of the a, movies. Yeah, Easter egg. Baby Jennifer Lawrence. Like they no. get like, like a baby, like young actress to be like a young Jennifer Lawrence character, young Katniss. I want to tell you about the Hunger Games initiative. like i don't know anything about you know the hunger games songbird movie like yeah like is it necessary though to have this movie come out i don't think so i I mean mean, i think they're thinking nostalgia is hitting at the right time but yeah i mean it has it's true i mean it has really bad waters yeah Mm. because i'm like a lot of people who saw the last hunger games are probably around like 13 14 and now they're like 23 24 mm-hmm. so i don't know if maybe this now is just like hitting now i mean like you know i mean if hogwarts legacy did really well in yeah games wise so i'm pretty sure they're like okay so the nostalgia fairy Potter's still there so that's why they're gonna do you know the new movies and everything yeah we're in this weird era where they're trying to test out which nostalgia sticks for the next 10 years so they're just trying to throw everything at us and they'll mm-hmm. see okay which one makes money that one's gonna so i guess this i guess willy wonka is also part of that Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a bunch more like this year. This year, I'm the not last ready just, for like, Wonka. Stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with Wonka too, because if you think about it, that's like three. There's two different groups with Wonka. You got the ones from the Gene Wilder mm-hmm. one in the '70s, and they're like, yeah. what? They're in like their '60s now. The purists, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. there's a period. And then you got the ones <laughs> like for the 2005 Burt movie. They're like almost 
like 25 30 that's 30. my age group yeah yeah, yeah. so I'm like who is this? I'm, I'm thinking i'm like so who is this appealing to is it gonna appeal to the original one or the burnt one because there is a big camp between people who defend the original one mm-hmm. and the ones who defend the burnt one so it's like you, big you are forgetting there is a timothy chalamet group so there will be people who will just watch it for him that's yeah. not yeah. knowing who wonka mm-hmm. is so he'll just bring people in and he, I think he, that and Dune were supposed to happen around the same time, but Dune got pushed. That would have been a very yeah. big deal. Like, closing of the year for Double him. Double yeah. Tamish, yeah. Shamalay, watch along. Got to skip him. Just there. <laughs> but um, I think the wrap of the Jennifer Lawrence segment, I think we should probably talk about her last movie that came out in theaters. Yeah. Our feelings. Uh, did anybody um, go see that? I know, Hunter, you did, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's actually the only Jennifer Lawrence movie I have not seen. Really, I thought you did. So I am not seeing. No, yeah. I am not a huge. Not, not. I wouldn't say not a fan, but it doesn't speak to me or get me super into the raunchy comedy or anything like oh, that. Okay. I'm yeah, glad no it's worries. back, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that stars like Jennifer Lawrence can showcase their comedic chops in a movie like that. Mm-hmm. But it's personally not something I'm super interested in. Do you think yeah, she probably so talked to her friend Amy Schumer for some guidance? No. Oh. <laughs> well, based I, on I, what I've heard about her performance in the movie, I'm thinking she did she did quite well. I know a lot of people really liked what she has, and I, basing on her other comedic performances in the David O. Russell films, I definitely could see how she goes to a more heightened, broad comedy, and she could do it really well. I think she could have done it. I mean, she's cute in the movie. I saw. I didn't. I, I we talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> And I, I just talked thought, about going to see it in yeah. movies, and I just never did. The concept is just like weird. Like, yeah. yeah, I just, I mean, that's the part I was like uncomfortable with. Like, I'm cool with like the Raji comedy stuff. But I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, I mean, like, you tell me this because I forgot what. How old was she in the movie? Like, did they establish the age? Thirty-two or something. So, yeah. a thirty-two-year-old yeah, trying to fifteen year. a thirty-two-year-old yeah. trying to seduce an eighteen-year-old. Like, that's really creepy. Yeah. Like, they become more like friendly, but the, when I was watching yeah. it, it's like she starts to fall, kind of fall for him a little bit in some scenes. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a dinner scene. Mm-hmm. Like I like Dean, did you watch it? I did, yeah. I, yeah, I think you saw your post about it too. Yeah. yeah. And like they go out to dinner and it's like one of his friends that's like a girl comes up and she kind of gets jealous. And I was like, girl, you he is 18, you're at 32. Yep. Sit down and yep. just remember do what you're with doing the parents. <laughs> just remember <laughs> there is a man your age out there. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> so you I know, mean, like I mean if so... Jennifer Morris wants to get jealous for a girl talking to me, like I'm I'm open for that. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the man, here's the thing, you're Mag, you're of age. That child was not. Listen, eight. No, forget. I'm not kidding. It's actually no. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, I'm a no. Like, no. That is kind of weird though, because it's like I remember the whole because there was like a bidding war for that movie. If I'm not mistaken. Like, studios were putting down money to get that, and I think mm-hmm. Sony Sony won the war, the bidding war. Because mm-hmm. I forgot how much they got it for, but they got it. For, they got it for a lot of money, and I think they won it because she's an executive producer. Of this right? She, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. She enjoyed working on it. She said. Mm. So she the question. The question is, is like, is she she's done for now? Like, she's retired for a bit. I don't like, think so. I think she, the hiatus. Hi, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She's I'm got trying at to least see. She's she's got at least five new projects lined up now. Some of these will probably Ooh. fall away, and some of these might not come out for five, six, four mm-hmm. years. But they're all with interesting directors, so I'm glad she's taking that route with her career. Mm-hmm. She's doing like um, a little where she just... could. 
where she can do what she wants because she's got Oscars, yeah. she's got That's box true. office money, she has power to do mm-hmm. that. Which she I, got I'd enough like money from the Hunger Games. So, um, yeah. really quickly, I know uh, Hunter, you mentioned she's got five projects in the works, but uh, I just wanted to acknowledge them really quickly. Uh, the first one is called Die My Love, which is mm-hmm. a Lynn Ramsey movie, which Lynn Ramsey can do no wrong. I love I love mm-hmm. Lynn Ramsey. Mm-hmm. She's really she's a great director. And I'm curious to see what the two of them come up with. The next one is Sue, a biopic of a super agent named Sue um Meggers. Meggers. Mm-hmm. Uh that will be, I think, very interesting. Uh then burial rights. This is probably gonna be something I already see murder in it. So uh mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence doing by- murders. Luca Guadagnino, so he's he's doing about a movie per year now, so he could fit that in somewhere soon. That'd be cool to see. Definitely. Uh, East of Eden is another one. So I've heard of that one though. It's I, it looks like it's probably going to be a remake or something. Like I feel like this has been already like a production. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Yeah, it's it was a James Dean movie. I'm pretty sure way back when. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yep. James. But Dean. I okay. think. Yeah. Uh and then we also have another one called Mob Girl. And right now we from based on that, Jennifer Lawrence is the only star in all these movies, so we don't know yes. anything of those details. Well, do you do you think she'll maybe um try her hand at directing? I think she said she wants to direct, but it hasn't been I don't think the appropriate project has been approached to her. Hmm. I remember I'm one thing. To see her. I remember there was like a discussion at one point that her and Amy Schumer were going to do a movie together. I don't know what happened, but uh, I will say thank God that's not happening now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is uh, Jennifer Lawrence in a nutshell. Does anybody have any final thoughts before we have to wrap up? If you haven't seen No Hard Feelings, there's one scene on a beach that really is just... I, I can't believe she did that without stunts because I saw her interview. She she did it all herself, and I'm like, mm-hmm. wow! I didn't know that when I saw it, but I'm like, okay, good yeah. on you, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, Hunter, anything else? No, I think she's one of our best uh, movie stars that can also be. I, I don't want to say like actors, but like when she's doing Causeway, Don't Look Up, Mother. You know, she's blending this line between blockbusters and smaller projects and. I'm glad there are people like that out there doing it, and I'm glad to see that she's continuing on this path with these upcoming projects, and I'm very excited to see which ones come to fruition and wherever it keeps going, because I forget she's still super young in terms of, I mean, she is, she was, what, 32 in No Hard Feelings, and she's 32 in real life, or 33 or whatever, so mm. still got lots of time left to work with so many different directors and make so many different movies, and I think she's got a lot of talent to make that all worthwhile. Mac? Uh, not got nothing to say. I hope she uh enjoys her hiatus, comes back, and uh, maybe she recaptures that magic she had during uh her early years. Maybe we can get her in um. I I think she's done with the big blockbuster stuff. I think she just wants to take the. She's gonna do more like award, like I want to say like bait movies, more like just down earth movies. I think she just wants to try to do because I don't blame her. Because when you start off with blockbusters, you kind of get, you know, as we mentioned earlier, she was like sick of it by like the through an X-Men movie, so she probably just wants to keep it, just keep it. Excellent. Uh, what is your favorite Gen- Jennifer Lawrence movie? 
audience let us know in the comments below and what is your least favorite jennifer lawrence movie let us know we'd love to know all righty smack are you ready to wrap this show up yeah i think we should probably go this is the end my beautiful friends and you know we, we've been here for 15 years and i think it's time we go to our home planet <laughs> um years. but Silence. um our upcoming schedule for the MK Productions podcast, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the next episode will be a watch along, right, Kristen? Yes, to announce the movie. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing a watch along that celebrates 10 years of Frozen. We're going Ooh. into the uh, Frozen universe. Yep, we're gonna go watch Elsa sing Let It Go. Maybe Mac and I will have a sing along. And no, we're not. I want to turn off those uh, <laughs> headphones and listen to something else. But yeah, uh, that's what's coming up. Yeah. Hunter. It... Oh, no. Do you want an accent? We don't have yeah. another episode planned yes, yet. We do. Yes, we do. <laughs> we can't do Five Nights at Freddy yet because we're, we're not doing Five Nights at Freddy. We're doing a <laughs> wedding themed episode of our <laughs> wedding movie. We're going to celebrate Miss Flamingo's upcoming nuptials. We will be Ooh. talking about some of the best wedding movies. So we're going to explain why all three of my big fat Greek or both my big fat Greek wedding and wedding singer are some of the best <laughs> movies of all time. But I digress. All right. Hunter, where can the good people follow you? Oh, you can find me at thecinemadispatch.com or on Instagram or Twitter as well. Uh, coming up, thankfully, is the Twin Cities Film Festival, so I only have to travel 15 minutes from my home to catch those movies <laughs> and not across the world. But some of the highlights will be American Fiction, which won the People's Choice Award at TIFF, so, which yeah. proves I saw 27 movies. I still missed the People's Choice Award winner, so <laughs> I'm glad I can catch up to it there, but there will also be other stuff like all of the strangers and uh, the taste of things, which is France's submission. So there's some great movies there to see. So I'm looking forward to that, to be able to keep the film festival craze going, but maybe in a more uh, tempered setting, which is good for me after so much stuff. Dean. All right. Yeah. You can find me at post credits Dean. I'm on Instagram. I'm on relay. I'm on YouTube. I just like talking about movies. I like reviewing them. I'm not watching as much as I could because there's so much now. But, you know, if you have recommendations for me, let me know. Instagram is the best place to reach me. So, yeah. Excellent. Thank you both for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us. It was so much fun. Yes, it was. Uh, Thanks for having us. No yes, problem. we hope to have you back on again soon. Yep. The Make snack. sure you... Yeah, so links in the description to check out these two fine gentlemen at their pages and everything. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the MK Productions Podcast and our social pages as well. Support us on Patreon. It's $2 a month. Come on, join in. We got feet pictures, courtesy of moi, so you can see these beautiful cuticles. That's questionable. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, follow us on YouTube. Mac movie reviews that's probably gonna separate it into the MK Productions podcast. I'm still thinking about it. And you can follow us on your favorite listening platforms and just look up MK Productions podcast and we will get you going. We might be doing something special for Christmas for the merchandise, but that remains to be seen. But until then, I've been Mac. This has been Kristen. This has been Hunter and this has been Dean. We'll see you all in the next episode of the podcast. Peace. Bye. Like, baby, why you calling me like
like that. Yeah. Getting high with the seat, lay back. Baby, gon' relax, yeah. Hey, they don't know the half, yeah. No matter what happened, I got your back.